0: behind his back what a take by a wow.
1: hey Nuggets nation you're listening to the pickaxe podcast now here's your hosts the Denver stiffs
2: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Nikosh with Denverstiffs.com. We're back again for your weekly dose of Nuggets Chatter. Uh, I want to dive right in first to our co-hosts because I think it's a it's a pretty exciting one. Um, first of all, out in South Carolina, we are our draft resident draft expert and also resident Twitter expert. Uh, Combative arguments, <laughs> Mr. Ryan Blackburn. There you go. What's Twitter up, Twitter God, baby? Twitter God. How's it
0: going, guys? I'm I'm excited to be here and everybody. If you ha- if you don't know what that's about, it's the top uh, top players at their position lists that I've been releasing. This Wednesday, will come out the top small forwards list, and I can't wait to have LeBron James number third, number three. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Ryan, you, it never fails. It never fails that, uh, that article now it's, it's going to become an annual tradition because it is, it is by far one of the most, um, one of the most polarizing, I would say articles that we have, but, uh, people love it. They like to read it. They're, they're still reading the one from last year, which I think is great. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: also joining us for the very first time. This is why I'm so excited. We have Mr. Jeremy Poley all the way out in, uh, in philadelphia jeremy is joining us at denver stiffs as our new social media coordinator uh twitter god as well i guess you will say for the denver (laughs)
1: stiffs account um
2: jeremy what's going on man
1: um let's see eating a lot of cheesesteaks that is the best (laughs) best thing that we have going for us out here very nice but uh yeah i it i spent a few years we just moved out here a month ago um a few years, actually, like right smack dab between um, the Nugget Stadium, the Pepsi Center, and Rocky Stadium. And now all of a sudden I'm out in Philadelphia and I'm finally able to talk some real basketball with some people. So yeah, here we go. And I mean you guys, by the way. Not the uh, locals. <laughs> oh, not not <laughs>
2: Appreciate that. Yeah, we, don't, we don't want to be compared with the Philly fans, actually. that But that's not fair. Philly fans are uh... – very, They've trusted the they're, process they're, hard, man. They're passionate. They're passionate. That's the way
1: I was going to put it. That
2: is um, true. So, Jeremy, did you uh, – you uh, you grew up in
1: Colorado? Um, for the most part. I moved from San Francisco to Colorado when I was 13, 14, started high school. Um, nice. And now I'm, like, pushing 70, 80, it feels like. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, spent a lot of time – basically, so I jumped on the Nuggets bandwagon – I hate to say, when they drafted Melo. All That's of a sudden, fair. the Nuggets were interesting to me. I mean, Golden State wasn't doing a whole lot at that point. I was still pining for Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway. Yep. Um, but so I just totally went full in on it. Uh, it was exciting. Um, I got to kind of see a little bit of what he did at Syracuse, and so it was awesome that they got him. Um, and all my friends were getting into it. So, I mean, at this point, you know, putting in about 20 years um, – well, I guess 15 of being a Nuggets fan, or so. Um, but yeah, so now it's through thick and thin, and obviously there's been a lot of thin lately. But um, just diehard, diehard Niners fan and diehard Nuggets fan. There you go. There you go. That's a, that's a fair balance, I guess. Niners. Lot
0: lot of thin lately, then.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Heart attacks left and right. It's ridiculous. Oh, uh, that, that is true, man. The Niners,
2: but hey, you got to you got to live through the glory years of the '90s. So, um, absolutely. Uh, so you got that going for you. Well, that's you know that's fair. I was thinking about this the other day. I was wondering. I was like, how many um, pre-Melo uh, people on staff do we still have? Because obviously our uh, Jeff Morton, he's now writing over at fifty two eighty. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, we got me. Um, I think Mister. A- I mean Mars would probably be in that group. And then, and then after that, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure we have anyone. So it's okay. You're going to fit, you're going to fit right in. <laughs> is what, is what I saying. was
0: barely born before Mello was drafted. So.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, that's it because yeah, we've got, uh, there's like a, uh, there's this weird separation of uh, maybe like half the staff is people in their thirties and the rest of them is all in their twenties. And so there's that kind of, that's where you see that dividing line because most of you guys like, like you, Ryan, are, uh. You probably weren't even you weren't even around to remember the the Dikembe Mutombo and LaFonzo Ellis days.
0: Poor excuse. No, nope, that was before I was born. <laughs> that's right. Learn your Old history, excuse. children. Ah. <laughs>
1: Actually, growing up in the Bay, I was a huge Dikembe Mutombo fan. When I played for my middle school, I had number fifty-five on my jersey, and I was the nice. shortest kid on the team. So, oh,
0: very cool. <laughs> I Like it? That's that's so ironic. <laughs> all right, all right. No, yeah, we
2: know it's in his blood. So that's. That's the key. We'll so see. yeah, we're um, so Jeremy, just just real quickly, I guess, tell us a little bit about what you're gonna do for for uh, the Denver Stiffs team.
1: Yeah, so um, i I would regularly read it. Um, I have a small group of friends in particular that we have a text group always going on about the nuggets almost daily. and so we're always reading Denver Stiffs articles. And so one day I went on and just saw there was uh, uh, an app an application there for. Um, they need some social media help, and that um, falls in line with what I've been doing for several years now, um, kind of just internet marketing, SEO stuff. Um, so I thought, hey, I, I waste enough time on this website during my day that I'm supposed to be working. What if I actually turn that waste into real working? And so I um, looked at what what you guys were kind of looking for, and it really looked like everything synced up well. So um, really just kind of hoping to make um, – the different social mediums, which kind of everybody has their own favorite, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, it, it just reaches out to different types of people, and so just by strengthening those channels out, um, you guys already have such incredible content, um, whether it's just the good statistics or good writing or interesting perspectives. That's all going on in Denver Stiffson has been, and so I'm really excited to be able to just uh, kind of amplify the channels of how that content gets out. Nice. Um, yeah.
2: Very cool. We, uh, yeah, and we uh we definitely need it. Um, I think uh, we have to we have to be reminded at least almost daily to even just post our stuff on Facebook. So we're we're certainly well, I'll take care of that. <laughs> exactly. We're I'll send safe. death threats. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We're gonna get we're gonna get handwritten notes and blood sent to our office. No. <laughs> but and I also thought what was interesting what you said there is yes we all we all pretty I think uh, kind of just joined the uh, the Denver Stiffs team that way we're like well we're just kind of wasting all our time on this side anyways we might as well right it's, it's really how we just recruit you know we we're like <laughs> who's wasting the most time on our website yeah. right now? let's <laughs> let's bring that person around <laughs> all right well we have uh we'll we'll uh we'll get into the show while well, I'm really kind of a, it's kind of a funny interesting interesting week like i we i didn't know what the heck we were going to talk about for a, for a large portion of this week uh and then we get that we get the bombshell from Kyrie irving so i i want to thank him for providing us with something to talk about here in the late late parts of parts of july so I, of course he he wants to supposedly he wants out of cleveland um we're definitely going to talk about that there's there's been some some rumors that the nuggets would be interested in, whether it's legitimate rumor or just you know common sense. We can talk about that. Uh, the Nuggets did sign two guys. They signed Monty Morris and they signed Tory Craig, kind of the two of the stars of the summer league. Those guys are both on two-way contracts. So we'll talk about them. Um, I want to get into a little bit about Emmanuel Moutier as well. I don't think we spent enough time talking about him and his, his role with the team. Uh, it seems, I mean, every day that goes by, it seems more and more evident that he will probably be on the roster for next season. So I want to talk about that. And then finally, we wanted to talk about jerseys last week and we just really kind of ran out of time. So, of course, we'll put, it, we'll put it as the last segment again and see if we can get to it. But I really do want to talk about the the Denver Nuggets jerseys because we had an interesting Instagram post from Wancho Hernan Gomez that, that kind of feeds, feeds the speculation um, about maybe the Nuggets doing something a little bit different. Plus, Nike came out with brand new jerseys as well.
0: So we'll talk about those guys are killing. They're killing us, man. <laughs> it's it's these tidbits, these small little breadcrumbs, that we're trying to follow the trail, and it's killer. They need these new jerseys. They
2: are they are the masters of suspense. They are next signing up to do a Game of Thrones um, episode, is what I hear. <laughs> so, um, all right, uh, without without any more delay or bad jokes, we'll uh, we'll let's get right into the actual meat of the conversation, which is. For me, this week, we got to talk about Kyrie Irving because he drops this bombshell that apparently he wants out of Cleveland. He wants a he wants a bigger role. You know, he wants that however you want to describe it. He wants to be the man tired of being LeBron shadow, whatever. Um, obviously, a lot of that is, is embellishing on what, what actually has been reported. But it is it is, you know. That he is assumed that he wants out of Cleveland, and that Cleveland is going to go try and get him a trade. Ryan, let me ask you first: Is this something the Nuggets should be pursuing?
0: I think it's something that they should definitely make a call about. They should try and be gathering as much information on what the price range is, what they're, what the Cleveland Cavaliers are expecting. Because if they're expecting a whole bunch of young players and, and prospects and picks and then that that gets a little bit dicey because of what Denver is trying to build and how slowly they're trying to build. However, if they're trying to gain uh, trying to go for a championship again, then they may not want guys like Jamal Murray or Gary or they would want Gary Harris, don't get me wrong. but they might instead want guys who can contribute now in in Wilson Chandler and Kenneth Fareed and and veterans, maybe will Barton even. Right. guys like that who could be contributors to a championship this year with LeBron James and Kevin Love so I think there's an important distinction there that the nuggets need to figure out with these trade talks and if they find the right deal then I would definitely be willing to pursue it
2: Jeremy what about you would you uh, would you want the nuggets to go after Kyrie Irving
0: yeah I I'm going
1: to say I would be pretty aggressive about it. Um, And I'm going to give two different ways that I think they could be. Um, But one to start off with is the idea of being competitive now, which is obviously the worst question in the world because of the reputation or at least the the title that the Warriors have made for themselves in the West. Well, you know, they can't be beaten, so why compete now? Um, But, I mean, at the same time, so we just scored Paul Millsap, who is – an incredible player and maybe the greatest fit for a hole in a team in, in the history of teams <laughs> that we had here. <laughs> and and um, so there's a, an opportunity here that's not going to last forever because Ma- Paul Millsap is a little bit older at this point. Um, we're not going to be a team that I think is competing heavily say three years from now, which is the window that a lot of Nuggets fans were thinking with right. Paul Millsap in the starting lineup. I, d- I don't see that happening. Um, three or four years down the line, he's he's gonna be quite a bit older. It, it's gonna it would be an odd situation. Um, so, I mean, the idea of having Kyrie Irving, a guy who has been in the championship for the past three years in a row, would be um, you know really interesting to see happen. Could we possibly do something now? I think our offense is a style that gives the Warriors all sorts of problems. So I don't think it's necessarily that we'd be throwing our hat in with all the other teams trying to. Just climb this mountain. That is the Warriors. I do honestly think that that we're uh, a, a problem for them when we play them. Um, we've seen some odd victories over them in the past few years where nobody saw us beating them. So yeah. um, that's that, that's one thing that I think we're saying. The other is maybe not even necessarily going after Kyrie, but a lot of these trades seem to want to include some other teams to get other chips right. moved. And as we know, we've got a lot of chips that can and should be moved right now. So maybe we don't even score Kyrie, but if Connolly's on the phone with these guys and makes himself available you know maybe we are able to move, move a few pieces and and get ourselves in a better position for this upcoming season right exactly
2: i think that's the the, the really good point you make there is about maybe we're a team to facilitate because um the nuggets that they've already, already had talks with cleveland we already know about facilitating a trade that was for paul george so there, there's and there was a rumor that Kenneth Reed was one of the guys who might go to Cleveland. So you know that maybe that's something Cleveland wants. Uh, maybe that's something they think they can put next to LeBron James. So I, I could see them definitely probably doing that. I think that's maybe a little bit more likely than than trading directly for Kyrie Irving. Because here's my concern: I, I a lot of people want to talk about fit um, and, and style of play, and and I understand where they're coming from, but I, I also think that. Kyrie's style is is a good secondary option to Nikola Jokic. But there I think in lies the problem with his attitude, because from what we're hearing, you know, I mean, this guy wants out of Cleveland, doesn't want to play uh, with LeBron anymore. That's I don't I don't see him then wanting to jump on board and be like, yeah, I want to go play uh, in Denver, where they they're going to run the offense still with Nikola Jokic, and I'm going to be the secondary option. That's that's where I think the problem lies. Is I don't think Kyrie wants to do it um, here in Denver. I think I think there's a definite way you can make it work if you could get him here. Uh, and and I think he's 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 such a good scorer. He's such a good guy and and, and a creator with the basketball in his hands. That he gives, like I said, he gives you another option in comparison to Jokic, um, who who I think teams are going to start to to really kind of lock in a little bit more about on what, um, what the Nuggets do with him. Um, so I would I, w- I would trade for him, but I just don't think I don't think Kyrie wants to be here. So I, I don't know if it is a uh, if it is a good move. Let me guys, ask you guys this though. Let's say we are you are going to make the move. Um, Jeremy, I'm go back to you on this. You, you assume Jamal Murray or Gary Harris is going to be involved in that trade. Do you? Is it worth it to you? Uh, let's say Let's say Kyrie wants to be here, and you're not worried about the attitude thing. Is it worth it to you to trade a guy like Jamal Murray or Gary
1: Harris um, to get a, to get Kyrie Irving? I'm actually going to say yes to this. Um, I'm going to say that because I mean, earlier we we heard about um, Murray being off the table. Uh, when Conley was putting trades together, and I thought that was really interesting. But I think that shows more of how we value Murray than maybe other people. I think he's obviously very valuable, but um, I, I think Conley sees him as part of the future here. I think all the Nuggets fans do too. But I think if you take a step back and you look at overall value, um, which is it's <laughs> terrible to do because these are human beings, and I'm just going to attribute <laughs> a value to them. But... Um, so Kyrie's the kind of guy that we could make a trade for. We could trade, like you mentioned, Murray and Harris and get Kyrie, and say things don't work out a year from now, two years from now, he's still gonna be one of the most like valuable point guards that you could move. Yep. He's 24 or did he just turn 25? I think. So uh, yeah, it's somewhere. 25. Yeah, 25. yeah. So so I mean, even if we're two years down the line at 27. His age is, is still not a problem at all. It's not like we he lost any value. Right. I mean, I don't think he would be a player that, that would all of a sudden go down to 12 points a game or something like that. He's still going to put up stats. He's still going to be valuable a few years from now. So, you know, honestly, what do we have in Murray and Harris if we go <laughs> fast forward two years from now as far as overall trade value? Um, again, we're going off of a lot of potential here, and this is one of those trades where the – as far as I'm talking about value, I'm not necessarily talking about how it would work on the court. As far as value goes, I don't think you're going to be in a bad position two years from now if you decide, you know what, maybe we should move on from Kyrie. Yeah, And and at the same time, you've got a player who's, you know, things could work really well with him. So, either way, either way.
2: Well, See, here's the thing, too. If you you had to lose one or potentially both of those guys, um, you've got a pretty decent big three right there in, in Kyrie, Millsap, and Jokic. I mean, that's... Uh, that, that can win you a lot of games. Plus, you figure if you're giving up those two guys, you still would have Will Barton. Uh, you'd still probably at least have one of Wilson Chandler, or Kenneth Fareed. Uh, you still probably have like, I mean, you know, maybe they, they throw in a Malik Beasley or a Trey Louser or something, but whatever, but you still have a bunch of young guys on the team as well. Like you could make it work. It is a much more win now um, type of move. <clears throat> but what you say is correct is that you've only got – You've really only got two seasons because that that third season when he's 27, he's got a player option, uh, and, and he's going to be making 21, just over 21 million a season. He's going to opt out of that because he's going to be able to get paid way more. I mean, that, by that time, I think he'll be what seven years in the league, uh, seven or eight years in the league now. So,
0: yeah, so he'll get the uh, he gets at least he'll 30%, get the 30 right, max, right?
2: And if he made an All NBA team, then he would be able to go 35. So.
0: Uh, actually, if he's traded, then you rescind the oh, rights of the true. designated yeah, player extension. Look at Ryan. So, and that's that says a lot much. of things about what really matters to Kyrie because he'd be giving away. I think it's around seventy million mm-hmm. uh, because he he wants to get out. Like, that's that's what's been shown to be clear now. And if you're talking about a guy like Kyrie, money clearly isn't his biggest focus. Uh, if he's leaving seventy million on the table.
2: Right, I guess he does. He does have a trade kicker. I'm looking at right now. So he will, if he gets traded, he'll bump about about maybe like two million, a million and a half. Well no, actually, almost three million bucks. Um, uh, if he if he got traded, that would bump his salary up. So he would make a little bit more money. But you're right. I mean, not nearly what he would get uh, if he can get that extra five percent on a on a
0: max extension. Um, yeah, but 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 as you say, uh, if you're talking about a Kyrie Millsap. Jokic, big three, that's going to be really valuable for the next two years. And then you either restructure the deal for Millsap and you sign Kyrie to his, the max extension that you can sign him for, then that's, you still have a lot of money to be left over, even if you're giving up guys like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, like that's still a lot of flexibility to go out and add the correct players around those two guys And talking Kyrie and and Jokic, in which you can still form a formidable team. And I think that people are taking a very short-term view on this, and maybe Kyrie doesn't even want to stick around. But if things do work out and you you put together a 50-55 win, 60-win team in the next two years, then what's to say that he doesn't want to stick around if he's still getting 20 shots a game? Right.
2: Yeah, the other thing I think too, I, I almost don't know that that they would have to pay both Murray and Harris to get him. Um, I think, yeah, because because of the way it's it's come out, you know, it, it now it, now that it's public and that he wants out, I mean that that takes away. It's always about leverage on these um, on these deals, and it takes away a, a, a somewhat of amount of leverage that the the Cavaliers obviously have. Um, so I don't think they could get both. And to me, it looked like, man, if you could keep Gary Harris... So even if you had to give up Jamal Murray, which I think the Nuggets clearly value as the higher prospect. That's why they... Gary Harris's name has come up in trade rumors. Jamal Murray's has not. Um, even though if you had to give up Jamal Murray to get Kyrie Irving, you think about... If you can... You accept that Kyrie Irving's not a good defender and you accept that Nicole Jokic is not a good defender. But if you can put... If you can also keep Wilson Chandler, I guess, in this deal. But if you can have... Paul Millsap, Wilson Chandler and Gary Harris as that the around Jokic and Kyrie Irving, I think you can actually still be a fairly good um, defensive team. We know Paul Millsap what he can do on defense and you expect him to hopefully lead guys like Chandler and Harris and get them. Well, they have the tools to be great defenders. They're not necessarily great defenders right now. Um, I think
0: even, even Kyrie for that matter. Like that's true too. He, he, I mean he's not Kyrie because I mean we're talking about Uh, With Kyrie, he he clearly wants to be the guy, and that's fine, but if you're going to be the guy, you have to lead by example on both ends, and so you're going to have to start stepping up your game if you want to be taken seriously in this league on the defensive end because right now he's a defensive sieve, so you start focusing and you start giving a little bit more responsibility to Jokic on the offensive end, and he can create offense for you. And you still finish those possessions with shot attempts. But, like, what's the difference between if you're getting it on a dribble handoff or a cut or if you're getting it off of a pick-and-roll or an isolation? Like, that's – I I just think there's so many great dynamics for a team that fields that starting five. And I think it's very underrated by many of the Def, Denver Stiffs commenters that we've talked to so far. Uh, that's a 55-win team.
2: Yeah. No, I, I think so as well. I think they're um... – um, I think they're right up there in the in the first home home court advantage in the first round. I think you're still maybe finishing for sure behind Golden State. And it's going to be tough to be Bast Houston, assuming everybody's healthy, of course. Um, but after that, I think you're right there. You know, I and so uh, I think that, that it's it's a team that, that could be competitive. And, and all it takes is, man, is one injury or one thing happening that. That, that knocks a team like Golden State down or knocks a team like Houston down, and you're right there. And then, I mean, we've seen anything can happen in the playoffs, and maybe not in the first round, but the later you get, we, we've seen some crazy stuff happen. Like, you could go for it. Jeremy, what do you think, man? Like, how how far do you think a, a Millsap, Jokic, Kyrie kind of core, or big three, if you will, would uh would take the, the Nuggets?
1: Yeah, I, I just totally agree with you. Um, I think those first two teams have really kind of carved out their spot: Golden State and Houston. Right. Um, at 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 this point, where where the teams are looking at, I think um, I think the Spurs, um, Oklahoma City, and honestly Minnesota are yep. have kind of claimed this realm right below that Houston Golden State. Yep. Uh, I think this would put us in that, and, and possibly to the top of it.
2: Yeah, I, see, I, am with you 100%. I think, and I think that's the group, that's the group that you're competing with, like you said, is, uh, San Antonio, Minnesota, and Oklahoma City, um.
0: Which is fine. Then, then you have internal development, and you see if you can get to Houston or Golden State the year after that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not one of those things where you're all right. You're now you're capped out, and you can't improve anymore. If you've got a team with Jokic and Kyrie on it, and Paul Millsap, who's going to continue to be kind of the defensive glue that's a team that teams or that players are going to want to go to. It's not and especially if they can offer money in those situations. Like let's say you don't give Gary Harris an extension this off season. Right. And you keep his cap hold reasonably low and you keep Jokic's cap hold reasonably low. You've still got room. Like there are still opportunities to go get good players, like to go get a great small forward on the market or to go get uh, a good point guard defender who can who can be the backup for Kyrie but also play next to him or play next to Gary Harris or exactly. there are just so many opportunities that adding good players <laughs> creates that like you don't just lose those scenarios and you don't just forego that because of the possibility that Jamal Murray could one day get to where Kyrie is right now yeah exactly
2: I mm-hmm. you're if, if Jamal can get to where Kyrie is right now you've that's a phenomenal. Um, that's a phenomenal yeah. team. So I, I'm with you. I'm with you exactly 100 percent on that. And <clears throat> I guess I'll close it with this: is too is, is his contract is no different than Paul Millsaps in terms of structure, with the exception that he has a player option instead of a team option. We've already kind of discussed why he would opt out of that. Um, so you're set up perfectly. You're still set up perfectly to keep maintain your flexibility. If if it does or does not work out, either way, you're you're good to go. Um, right i i like i said i think we, i think we would all be on board we're all on board i think from a talent perspective i still i still think
0: i don't think Kyrie would want to be here is just my my concern <laughs> which is so crazy because this is an opportunity for him he would absolutely still get 18 to 20 shot attempts it's not like like he he's tied i just looked this number up he is sixth in the NBA right now in field goal attempts. But a lot of those attempts are coming in very difficult situations for him. For example, like pick and rolls or or isolations. For a team like the Nuggets, he'd be running dribble handoffs and cuts and, and playing off ball for a little bit and then also get that additional stuff. Like he could still get up to the 18 to 20 field goal attempt range and potentially even be more or much more efficient with that. So I think that he's not necessarily like the the report came out that he didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow.
2: Right. I don't know if
0: that's necessarily from a field goal attempt perspective and from a, uh, from a dribbling the ball perspective or who, whoever takes the last shot. I think there's a lot of decision-making things in the front office and, and what LeBron says goes that Kyrie has really taken offense to because the, the front office, I mean, if, Choosing between one opinion or the other, Kyrie's or LeBron's. I mean, whose are you gonna take? Yeah, like Kyrie is definitely in a situation where he wants to have some input on what a team wants to do, and I think that that's fine. That the Nuggets could certainly give that power to him. I mean, it would definitely be a discussion, and you are not trading Nikola Jokic, Kyrie, but (laughs) but other than that, I mean, tell us what you want. Like, and I am sure that Tim Connolly and Josh Chronicy and. Our Carnasovis would be more than open to that.
2: Yeah, I mean the the build and the, and the pitch obviously has to be. It's how can we build around Kyrie and and Nikola? It can't be one or the other. Um, I don't know. I just don't. It's just hard to see too because I mean I know you know Nikola's got no no problem being the being the secondary guy, but um, I just don't think he should be. I guess is the, is the the point
0: I'm making. I, I like and that's it. fine. I, t- I totally agree with you there. It's right. it's really hard to say, hey, Nikola Jokic needs to be the facilitator and creator, and also say, okay, Kyrie needs to be the finisher and the scorer. Because sometimes it's not always going to work out, and there are going to be games where Kyrie would be pretty unhappy with how many touches he got. Right. Right.
2: All right, well, I'll tell you what. I want to quickly pivot um, before we get to the break. But because uh, because I want to get to one more thing before we get there, we went pretty long on the Kyrie stuff, which is fine because I thought, like I said, that's the be- best story of the week. Uh, the Nuggets made two signings be uh, based off basically off the of summer league. That of course, these are the two. Uh, if you're not familiar, there's a new collective bargaining agreement that goes into place this year. One of the one of the parts of it is that there are now two extra roster spots, a 16th and 17th roster spot, um, and they're a little bit special. There are, there are two-way, two-way contracts, which means that players will spend most of the time down in the D-League. They can come up for 45 days um, at the NBA level uh, where they'd make a, I, I assume, I think it's like a rookie minimum. Um, and so it helps it helps guys basically get a little bit more money if they're playing in, in the D-League because if they get called up, they're getting an NBA salary. Uh, and it also helps teams, obviously, develop players. So the Nuggets, they signed Monty Morris, who was their second-round pick, uh, to one of these contracts. They also signed Tori Craig, who is kind of this year's summer league standout. Um, Jeremy, I'll go to you first. Monty Morris or Tory Craig, which one of these guys is going to have a bigger impact on this season?
1: <laughs> That's really hard because <laughs> this roster is so it's full already. It's going to be minimal, right? <laughs> Um, I'll I'll say I can see maybe a little a, a little something that could happen that would maybe open up room for Tory Craig, yeah. is that um, is I could see by the trade deadline, um, some moves happening where you know maybe we move, we move Chandler, at that point um, because of the contract situation you know doesn't want to be here or whatever, um, where where maybe there's some some roster moves that are made that. Because there's some players who are going into the end of their contract, um, I think it's going to be a lot harder for Monty Morris to be hitting time at the point guard um, spot this season. And I don't see that changing after the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, I think especially with Monty Morris, the the thing is, um, right now, at least as it stands, the Nuggets have three other point guards. They've got Murris... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: the guy, murray moodie and nelson and then uh, and then monty morris after that so it, it's hard to see now now i think you're right if there's a move that's made i think one of those three guys is probably a part of the deal um most likely moodie or or i could see nelson being like a throwing guy for salary purposes or whatever or even if a team like cleveland decides hey we do want to still go for try and go for a championship, they might be interested in, in Jameer Nelson. Um, but I think the that at best, Morris is your third-string emergency backup point guard. So I guess unless there's some injuries that I could see him getting in there, which is I think how Torrey Craig gets in there as well, right? Is like that's the other ways. I mean, Wilson Chandler doesn't have a great history of health. Um, if he gets hurt, then you're kind of stuck right now with, well, I guess Juancho Hernan Gomez and Will Barton to fill that role, maybe Torrey Craig. Um, gets time there. What about you, Ryan? Which one uh, do you think has got a better chance impacting the season?
0: Well, I think this season it's definitely Craig because, I mean, as you guys have talked about, Chandler has an injury history. Uh, there is no defined backup three right now. And, like, well, we will talk about Wancho, of course, but I don't know if that's necessarily a guarantee at this point that he spends all of his time at the three. Uh, we also talk about Will Barton, that's another guy who I could see being moved and he would definitely spend some of his minutes at the backup three. right So I, and if any of those guys get injured, then I could see Tory Craig be called up for sure. Uh, in terms of Monty Morris, I think two things would have to happen. you'd have to have, as you guys said, a trade to one of the point guards and then an injury to one of the point guards. And it's likely, honestly. I, I don't see why either guy would not get, like, at least 300 minutes this season uh, because I think that of the spots that the Nuggets are abundant at is shooting guard, power forward, and center. Yeah, And point guard and small forward are definitely the ones where you could see at least a little of the cracks forming. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting for both guys, but I put Craig as kind of the better chance of impacting this season.
2: And I think – so I think all of us um, – or at least – I don't know. I guess, I'm just guessing you guys are going to agree with me that though. If you're thinking like long-term, uh, you're probably thinking Monty Morris is, is, is the more long-term guy because, well, he's younger.
0: Um, I'd agree with you.
2: But he also – right. He also seems to fit like a role of like, well, Jameer Nelson's obviously not a long-term solution for backup point guard. Um and, and Emmanuel Moutier is, I mean, this is a huge season for him, which, like I said, we're going to get into that in the second half of the show. Um, but if it doesn't work out for him, then, then he's not a long-term solution to backup point guard either. Uh, Jeremy, would you, uh, would you agree that, that, that Monty's probably got the, the longer, is, is more likely to impact the team long-term?
1: I'm going to actually disagree on this one. Yes, podcast hot (laughs) take. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, My heart is with him. I want to see that happen because to me he's just one of those kind of like old school basketball players who does all the right things that you're supposed to at the point guard, the traditional point guard position. Right. And unfortunately these days it's like, well, you know, give me a seven-footer who can shoot a three and – you know, do a triple flip, you know, dunk or something like that. <laughs> it, 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 all these, all these cross positions, and he's just a solid, good point guard, and yeah. and I I think that's something that this team could could use, but I'm just not sure how high his ceiling is. Um, I don't know if he's playing, you know, top notch at his max level of talent um, that he actually is doing enough to really be logging um, some serious minutes on a team. Whereas I could see Tory Craig honestly being like an Evan Fournier where there was a high ceiling and through you know training and minutes, they did make it and they're in the right system. Um, he, sh- he showed some really, really good flashes of really seriously dominating a game. And that's the kind of thing where, it, for the sake of this argument, I'm actually going to go with the guy with the higher ceiling that I feel, feel like. So I'm going to go with Tory Craig. Tory Craig, man. All right.
2: I guess, uh. I mean, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I. Because I, I, I. Like I said, I think I just think Monty Morris is, um. You're right. I mean, you're right. He is a traditional point guard, which is why I think he's his ceiling is backup point guard. I don't think he's ever going to be any more than that. Uh, but I think he could just be really good because you kind of need that. You kind of need that, I think, still. In the NBA, at at the position of backup, because it's kind of a guy who just settles everything down when there's not maybe as many starters in there, and you're not running your full game plan, um, and you know, and you just kind of execute. Uh, and I, And I like that about Monty Morris. He reminds me. You're right about him being old school because he reminds me of Andre Miller, is uh, the player I right. look at him and see the most. Um, I guess I'll, right before the break, I'll get I'll get you guys thoughts on this. Ryan, is there is there anybody else at the summer league team where you maybe thought, man, that guy should have got a shot?
0: Well, the the one guy that kind of came to mind for me was Axel Tupon. Yeah, uh, he's another wing who can who has shown that he can play defense and can shoot, and I think that he would be a pretty reasonable fit in a scheme like the one that the Nuggets are currently running. Right. Uh, it's not surprising that they didn't go that route because he's already established himself. I think the last time I, the last place I saw him was with New Orleans, but he he did have a relationship with the Nuggets earlier, and it would have been a guy that I would have been okay seeing back in a Nuggets uniform. Uh, not really surprised about it though. Yeah,
2: I, I'm trying to remember because he spent quite a bit of time in Toronto with um, with their, their D League team. Yeah, but you're right. He was on the Pelicans summer league team, and I guess that's kind of that's kind of where it where where it died for for Axel. You're right, though. He was a he was a very interesting player. He was one of the guys who came onto the Nuggets um, with a with a ten day contract, and then ended up getting a deal for the rest of the season plus a non guaranteed deal for the following year, which is essentially just yeah. them being like, "Here's your training camp invite for next season." Um, right, pretty much. And, and which is well, that's yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Then he got cut in training camp um the next year but he was uh he had an he was an interesting player when he was here um and he he had some quality actually ended up getting some quality minutes towards the end of the season i wouldn't have minded him uh either as well it's um you know it's it's interesting though that obviously because they you would think that they would have tried to get him on their summer league team if that had been the case uh jeremy what about you anybody else in at summer league that caught your eye
1: Yeah, you know, I thought Robert Carter Jr. really stood out. Um, I think he maybe kind of fizzled a little bit towards the end. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, he plays power forward. (laughs) So he's (laughs) not going to make, anyway, a three-way contract, four-way contract on this team. Um, So, you know, and then I'm also just going to throw in uh, Henry Sims. I'm a Georgetown fan. And the guy actually did pretty well. They cut his minutes out of nowhere. I don't know why he seemed to be playing pretty well, but... You know, at this point he's twenty seven and you know, I don't know what's gonna happen there, but you know.
0: Yeah Yeah, I, they're just trying to get they're trying to get a lot of different guys' minutes during the summer league team. And I do agree that I thought he played reasonably well. I I think that his defense left a little bit to be desired, but saw some good mid range touch from him and some good offensive rebounding.
1: Mm-hmm. Moved yeah. the ball really well too for big guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I liked I like both of those guys, um,
2: Robert Carter Jr. is supposed to remind it's like, man, if they had an actual full on D League affiliate of their own, like that be yes. a guy there would be a guy that you could uh Absolutely. You would definitely want on
0: that team. But <laughs> let's <laughs> go to the weekly uh, the weekly claims and uh, and calls for the D League roster <laughs> on the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: We've got to get it in. We're gonna do it every week until we get one. Um <laughs> I, uh, I I guess the only other guy guys I was thinking of that, and I didn't think they deserved the contract, but it was was interesting. Uh, obviously, it was Radicovich. Tyler Lydon? Well, well, Tyler Lydon, he has a contract. He's... I'm I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> We're stuck with him either way. Um, uh, no, I was gonna say the uh, Radicevich and uh Peter Corneli, those two guys. uh shit. He's the one that kind of really stinks because I thought he thought he had a good a decent year last season. Over it, uh, I mean, he played in. Uh, Liga ACB, which is the toughest, uh, or one of the toughest European leagues. He ended up taking over the starting position there with uh, with Real Betis, who I don't think is a great, one of the best teams over there, but still fairly good. Uh, and, and then he, but he, and he looked, he had flashed, he had some moments there in summer league, but he just didn't really put it together enough. Uh, he's twenty three years old, so it's going to be at this point, uh, it, it gets a lot less likely. So it was kind of tough seeing him not get there, but otherwise, I think they made the right choice. I'm, I'm, I'm with, um, I'm with you, you guys on that. So tell you what, we will go ahead, we'll take a break, and then we, when we come back, we're gonna get into Emmanuel Moutier and then we're gonna, we're gonna try and talk about jerseys because everybody loves talking about, talking about jersey changes, and and there there seems to be a little bit more smoke this time around, so we'll we'll talk about it. Um, all right, so we'll be right back.
0: Around, but
2: I know that I can. Hey everybody, Zach from Denver Stiffs here. I want to tell you about one of my favorite artists from right here in Denver, Colorado, and that's Porter Laurie. You're listening to his single, Miss Escape My Skin right now, and if you're liking what you're hearing, his album Hell or High Water is available on iTunes. Also, you can check out his website, porterlory.format.com That's P-O-R-T-E-R-L-O-R-I.format.com.
1: Give him a listen. I broke out of
0: every place that tried to keep me in. But I can't escape my, uh, can't escape my skin. the drama kick. the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. The kick Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. The kick Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. the drama kick die.
2: Alright everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Podcast. I am Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. We are kicking right through this podcast. We spent the first half talking about uh, Kyrie Irving pretty much the whole time. We got into a little bit about the the Summer League and the the two guys that they're bringing in on the two-way contracts. Uh, I'm joined today with, uh, with Ryan Blackburn down there in... In South Carolina. Uh, also Jeremy Poley, our newest newest member of the Denver Stiffs, our new social media coordinator. So we are gonna get right back into it. I want to talk to you guys about Emmanuel Moutier, because I don't think we've given him enough talk over over the summer. We've we've gone into a lot about Nicole Jokic, we've gone into a lot about Jamal Murray, we've talked a ton about Gary Harris, because he's been one of these guys can thrown around in these t- superstar trade rumors. Um Emmanuel Moutier is a guy has been throwing around a lot of trade trade talk, too. He was, of course, there was some talk at the draft about a deal, uh, Moutier in the 13th pick to Phoenix for Eric Bledsoe. That did not see fruition. Um,
0: Dang it. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. But who knows? They could still be working on it. I mean, Phoenix is a team who's, who's trying to take on salary. Is uh, basically tanking, and they're, they're not being shy about it. So Bledsoe doesn't really fit that that plan. Um Moutier kind of does, <laughs> for one <laughs> one reason or another. Um, Jeremy, let me ask you, man. What do you think? Is, is Emmanuel Moutier a guy who's going to be
1: in the long term plans of the Nuggets? Um, boy, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this is going to be a cheeseball answer, but I I, I want to see him prove it. Yeah. You know, we're we're not we're not a team of nobodies at this point. We have talent. And if you're playing on our team, if you're logging minutes, it means that you've earned them. And I, I, I want to see him earn them. And I want to see a great attitude out of him, And I want to see him blossom. And so, um, you know, hopefully, even just a small thing, like he, his free throw percentage shot up last year. I thought that was great. To me, uh, you know, right. among all the bad things going on at the start of the season – I was like, you know, he's showing that he did work on something. Uh, okay. Um, you know, now can the turnovers go down? Can his three-point shot go up? Can, um, you know, his cutting start working out better? Uh, you know, it can, defense, actually, I think at this point, I would be most interested in seeing with a guy being, what, six yes. six five. That's like, exactly. that was one of the, the things when he got drafted that they thought he could really grow into being a great defender. Um, you know, like, I, I think the... We're talking about a guy who – um, you know, there's nobody else at his age who's a superstar. When you look at the superstar point guards in this league, they're all in their, like, upper 20s with the exception of Kyrie. Right. Uh, to go back to that. You know, we're talking about Chris Dunn is 22, Tyler Johnson, if he counts, combo guard, 24, Alfred Payton, uh, DeAngelo, who is drafted, you know, like, almost right next to him, um, Schroeder. Yeah, right, yeah. Um the, these are the names of that age group, and I think, I think, he's getting unfairly criticized for not being a superstar, and I think he deserves the room to try and grow. But whether or not that's with us, I don't know. And his attitude would mean the biggest thing to me on whether or not we we try and force it and make it happen.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things I've always liked, I've always um, particularly liked about Emmanuel is is anytime I get to talk to him, he's very open uh in interviews he's always willing to interview win or loss uh and and he doesn't he doesn't ever shy away uh, from saying from acknowledging that, that he and the, and the team have to get better at what they're at what they're doing the you know the issue of course though is is that that for whatever reason we don't see it so so i think in, in that sense like you're right we we, we kind of this year it's like it's almost like a proven year for him. Granted, he's still got one more year on his contract before there's his option comes up, but, um, he, they, they need to know if he can play at the, in the NBA is essentially what it comes down to. They, they put an unfair amount of pressure on him right out of, uh, right out of, mm-hmm. out of the draft. You can't even, you didn't even go to college, uh, which I think also is a, is a big key, uh, to remember with Emmanuel Moody and remember why he might develop a little bit slower, um, but this season, it's like okay, we now now you've had two years at the NBA level where you've played a lot of basketball. I mean, for 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 the most part, emmanuel has been healthy. He's got to mm-hmm. show now that he's he's learned something and that he's that he's ready to be. Um, a positive on the court. He doesn't have to be a superstar. We don't need him to be the face of the franchise. Uh, far from it. We don't even need him to be a starter, but he's got to be able, if he wants to be on this team long-term, he's essentially got to be able to show, hey, I can be part of a three-guard rotation with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, and I can be expected to take 25 minutes a game and be productive and not be a, a overall negative or a, a less-than-replacement-value repl- player um, on that court. Ryan, Absolutely. what? Ryan, what about you, man? Um, you think if, if let's put it this way, if he's going to be in the long term plans of the Nuggets, what do you think he's got to improve on the most um, to make that happen?
0: So sure. it's like I <laughs> don't even go there, but uh, <laughs> uh, I to me, I think there there are a few things that I think that he could focus on fin- on on fixing. One of them would be his finishing around the rim. Uh, another yes. would be his ball handling. Yep. And another would be uh, making the right decision with the basketball. Uh, and those are those are three kind of big things. And then I would guess the fourth one would be conditioning. And it looks like he's working on that. If you if we've seen the pictures, I mean Muscle Watch twenty seventeen, but
2: <laughs> exactly uh, he
0: looks he looks more trim. He looks he looks much more cut and a little bit skinnier. Than yeah. he did before, and I think that'll really help him uh, physically this year. Now, a lot of the issues that he has are skill wise and mentally, but I, if I had to pick one, I would just say, hey, finishing. Uh, if you can finish around the rim, and because he can, he can get to the rim. That hasn't ever been an issue for him. He can, he can yeah, get no, past he, guys. And that's... He might
2: be the best on the team at getting to the
0: rim. Honestly, I have no doubt that he is. Honestly, right. Uh, with the, he Especially has some with creativity gone. with the ball, he has he has some moves, and they aren't tight moves, but they are they are good enough to get him. And he has the body to get through guys, and also the the physical gifts to get around them. But if you can't finish when you get to the rim, then your value is basically cut in half. And there's only so much that a guy like Nikola Jokic can do for you, mm-hmm. and a guy like. Paul Millsap will be able to do for you. Paul Millsap's going to free him up with screens, and he's also going to feed him back cuts and right. and some other good passes where he'll, gonna he'll be He's going to keep the lane open. open for him. Absolutely. And we know what Nikola Jokic is going to do. Emmanuel Moody has to be able to finish consistently. Yep. If he can't do that, then he doesn't have a future on the Nuggets roster.
2: Yeah, I think that's... that's. I would probably agree with you. It, to me, it's, it's a toss-up between that and defense because he...
0: I've, oh yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's right. that, that, it's a huge. I mean, I mean the Nuggets need defense <laughs> all around. Uh, but one of the things I've noticed about Emmanuel is is I've a couple times I, I want to say it was the preseason game against the Warriors uh, last season uh, when he got matched up against Steph Curry quite often, he, and and he it's like he when he has that that, that care when he's hey, I'm going up against the, the top point guard scoring point guard in in, in the league. He, he he focuses a lot more, and, and and he can be really effective. I noticed it when he was when he was playing against Steph. I mean, he locked him up a couple times, but it seems like, and, and I think it might be conditioning, might be one of the reasons, um, and and maybe just I don't know. Just I don't want to I don't want to say caring because I think he cares. I, but but for whatever reason, maybe it's just understanding of 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 defense and defensive IQ. But he. He doesn't make the right effort. He doesn't make the right play, and he just seems to get blown by sometimes on defense. He gets blown by a lot, um, and, it, and it and it makes no sense because physically, physically he should be. He's got all the gifts to be a tremendous defender for a point guard, no doubt about it. Uh, whether I think he I would, think,
0: go ahead. One of the things. One of the things that I think with defense that is going to be different this year is. Last year we had a lot of guys yell at Moutier because of how bad he was defensively. I mean, I could I can give yeah. you the names, but <laughs> Daniel Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, Kenda Fareed, Basically, all, were all the, the guys who would, yeah. all the veterans, Jameer Nelson, Will Barton. Those are the guys that would yell at him on defense. And you you kind of take that away and you insert Paul Millsap and. He's a guy who's who's also here to guide the veteran uh, to guide the young guys back, and those these are words that he's actually said uh, to guide the young players to being a positive defense, and to me that doesn't necessarily mean hey I'm going to yell at you until you break. Uh, He's going to also coach them up. He's also going to show them, hey, you need to be in this position. And, hey, when they show you this action, this is where you need to go. Emmanuel Moutier has been learning from Jameer Nelson how to defend point guards. Right. And he learned <laughs> from DJ, DJ Augustine his his first year. Like, I mean, what are you doing, man? Like, how how is anybody that's that hasn't been in college, that's been overseas in China... And, and then just came over here as a 19-year-old rookie with barely any experience. How are you supposed to learn from that? Right. And now you give him a guy like Paul Millsap as kind of the anchor behind him who can direct and quarterback the defense and tell everybody where they need to go. Paul Millsap is a proven guy that can do that. I don't know if it's going to work with Moutier, but he's certainly in a much better situation this year where he's probably going to be in a bench role regardless of who plays in front of him. Right. But he will be directed and guys will show him where to go as opposed to yell at him for not being in the right place.
2: Right. Yep. I I agree 100% and and I think I think it, it more so than anything the mental aspect that will help him with cuz I think a lot of it is mental like you guys have mentioned. He's for sure. um yeah, he's he's I mean, he's got the, all the physical physical tools. So anyway, I'm going to shift it. I'm going to shift it right now because I want to um, I wanted to – like I said, I wanted to get to the jersey talk because we, we missed out on it last <laughs> last week. And I think it's one of the most fun things to talk about. So we had another another like little tidbit get thrown out there. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez on his Instagram account posts uh, uh, posts a a picture of two sneakers and a Juancho Hernan Gomez Denver Nuggets Rainbow Skyline white jersey. Uh, now, Wancho had one last season, right? He did. He was on the team when they, they wore him for the home opener. Uh, so maybe that was just his jersey. Maybe that's all it is. But I will go to our social media coordinator first. Jeremy, um, what do you think? Uh, something, to, something to read into the, the Wancho Instagram post?
1: Um, I would not read into it. Um, <laughs> I know Wancho likes to have some fun, and I could easily see him just kind of doing this for a little joke, get a little attention and have some fun. There you go. Well, but, but at the same time, maybe he's just a little excited because he got the news. Hey, we're going to be wearing
2: the classic jerseys um, this season, uh, so so we'll be wearing those rainbow skylines because I think everybody would be excited to wear them. Um,
0: didn't he? Uh, didn't he use the eye emojis? Uh, kind of like Isaiah Thomas does whenever he uh, follows somebody on Instagram.
2: Exactly. Yes, he did. So it's true. Maybe he is just he's just playing with us. Um, but so the, here's the thing, though. The Nike, of course, Nike is taking over the jerseys for the NBA. They previously been, I believe what Adidas was doing them before. Right. So, um, now it's Nike. They, they came out with a whole new, so they unveiled this week, their whole new Jersey design. Essentially that they're going to have four, um, they're going to have four different jerseys, but they also mentioned eight teams will have an NBA classic Jersey, uh, and so maybe the Denver Nuggets are one of those eight teams, right? That's getting that classic jersey. Um, the I think the other big thing though that came out from the Nike thing was that the uh, there's not really any more home and road jerseys. That now that the teams are going to have a chance to uh, to pick their basically pick whatever jersey they want to wear, and the other teams have to just pick a contrasting style. Um, Ryan, do you like that move? Do you like that no more home and road?
0: Yeah, until they start calling them the Ass and Ice Jerseys, <laughs> uh, they're they're actually called the the Association and the Icon Jersey for right. it, instead of home and road. Uh, I actually do like it. I think that it's going to be really interesting to see different combinations, and I don't want to see the Nuggets wear that white jersey forty times again. Right. Uh, it's 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 not ugly, but it's not pretty either. Uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities for them to be a little bit more, uh, and especially if they have a fifth Jersey that that would be like the, uh, the throwback jerseys that you guys were talking about. But if they have five different jerseys in their rotation that they could use and try and use, uh, I guess the association and icon like 20 times and 20 times each. And then the other three jerseys would be 40 times. Then I mean, holy hell, that sounds awesome. Uh, I think it, it'll be a little bit more interesting to see just kind of a different change of color. Uh it'll be a good marketing decision for uh all teams because I think that would generate a lot of different sales in all four jerseys as opposed to uh just the main it's home and road two, and one yeah. and one alternate. Yeah, some so teams don't I even think have I options. think it's pretty cool. It's pretty
2: cool. Yeah, I, I think so, too. It, it's, it, I'm sure the marketing people love it. It's going to be fun. So, like, yeah, like you said, they've got the, it's the, the the association and the icon edition, which whatever the heck that means. And then they have two alternates. So, I mean, the Nuggets could really, they could do nothing. Um, they could just go with their normal home and road. That could be their association and icon. And then they could do their yellow alternate as one of the alternates and their, their white gold. Um, alternate as the other, and, and away they go. Now, what I was just reading, what they do say about those classic jerseys is, it says along with those four uniform editions, this is um, this is actually NBA.com. Uh, along with those four uniform editions, eight teams will have a classic edition available this fall, a nod to the team's most iconic looks, which they can also choose to occasionally wear. I can't think. <laughs> If you're talking about iconic look of of an NBA team, uh, that's a classic edition jersey. I mean, that 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 rainbow skyline's got to be way up there, wouldn't you guys? I mean, Jeremy, let me ask you. I mean, wouldn't you agree that 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 thing's got to be one of the one of the eight?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I've been screaming in any sort of text or or tweet or whatever. Um, and we've seen some pretty cool like fan art um, around that. But yeah, that the rainbow skyline. It's it's so beautifully tacky. It, it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. And that's exactly what you want to do to be stylish these days, apparently. So it seems perfect to me. If they're, if they're worth anything, they're marketing, they would absolutely choose that classic Nuggets jersey.
2: See, I think you found the underlying theme there. Is So that Nuggets jersey was from the 80s, which everything in the 80s was beautifully tacky, and now it's the cool thing to do is wear everything from the 80s. So it just... Yep. It it fits the lineup right uh, right perfectly. Ryan, what about this, man? What do you think are the odds though that they actually do change the jerseys? Um, and oh that God. they're not wearing they're not wearing uh, the the pseudo <laughs> mellow era, not quite mellow era jerseys.
0: It's mellow era. They change the font. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd say it's probably a five percent chance that they actually five, change seven, anything. Four. Uh I have very little faith in the Nuggets providing anything new, uh, and which is sad because every time they have, they made the playoffs. So <laughs> there you go. I, I'm interested to see what they do. I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about what what I would like to see them do, but honestly, I I don't think that they're going to change. I think it's much more likely that they stick to the four jerseys that they have than changing anything.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I I, I could. I mean, I could see him doing that, but I, I, think it is. I, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because otherwise, why? why, why do you have three rookies hold up a flag for their intro press conference? I'm just saying. It makes, it's the only thing that makes any sense is because hey, we're we're re- redesigning the jerseys right now, and so we don't, um, we can't we can't unveil them yet. Uh, which they couldn't have done because that would have been prior to the Nike jerseys coming out. So uh, so I can I can I can.
1: That's fair.
0: See, I mean that. You're you're trying to connect the dots here, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Is uh, is it's like what you're I'm
0: doing? Playing a hail mary.
2: So I well I'm gonna I'm gonna call it, I'm gonna say it's fifty fifty right now whether they're wearing the same jerseys as they did last season or if they've got different ones. I'll put it. I'll put it right there. Jeremy, what about you? What did you think? What do you think the odds are?
1: I, I'd say if if the Kronkies have to spend any money to make that fifth jersey happen, then we can just <laughs> count on that not
0: happening.
2: <laughs> there it is. Gosh. the the fire take from from Jeremy
0: and honestly I I don't know how they can continue to be dealing with these call outs man like we've we've been bashing the marketing department and the lack lack of G League team and the jerseys and basically everything to do with and and even like the, the parking lot around the freaking Pepsi Center we've been bashing everything to do with anything that involves money that doesn't go on the court yeah, and it's it's got to be getting old to them, and I really hope that they take it personally and try and change <laughs> some of that.
2: I don't know if I hope that they take it personally because then I might I mean, suddenly we might get all of our well, our <laughs> not too personally, not too personally, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, kind of personally, uh, just kind of. No, I think I think they're on. I think they're on their way. To be honest with that, I think I think they do recognize that. Hey, there's there's an, a bit of an investment that has to be made here, and I think we'll start to see some of those changes.
1: Uh, they're going to have their hands
2: forced with the D League team, no matter what, because they're going to end up being uh, the last team without one, and then and then nobody's going to want to want to develop their players on their team that they're developing their own players. So um, that I think is going to happen, and, and uh, I don't know that's the parking lot thing is kind of funny. It's an interesting. Hey, at least they gave him. You know, I, I give the Nuggets credit here. At least they gave the players something because before it was just a parking lot. Now they at least have a place for. At least they don't have to scrape off their cars in the
0: middle of the winter anymore. Um, Gosh, <laughs> the worst, man. The worst. So, but they did. Hey, they did give them a new locker room. They did. I will say that. Hey,
2: and the locker room is sweet. It is. Uh, it is definitely. Uh, it is definitely yes, nice. it is. So. Um, Ryan, I, I, I will close with this. Sticking with the jerseys, um, what would you? Because you mentioned you, did, you know, there there are certain things you might want to see. What would that be? What would you want to see them change the jerseys to?
0: Well, a while back we had some cool fan art with the right. with the Nuggets uh, jerseys and kind of five different jerseys that they had, and I thought it was interesting that it was five because there are. Uh, so many different combinations that the Nuggets could use with the Rainbow Skyline as kind of its base, and I think there are a lot of like I honestly think that the Nuggets should adopt the Skyline jerseys as their as their regular look, right? And just change up the color scheme, change up a little bit of the design, uh, use the Rainbow Skyline as the classic jersey. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you do it right, and you give the Nuggets a fresh new look that plays to the city of denver and how beautiful the skyline is of the city that you can see from basically anywhere like you go within 30 miles of denver and honestly even further than that and you can see the the downtown pretty easily uh, i think that, that would be really cool i think that there's a lot of different combinations uh we could probably link it in the uh in the actual pickaxe Podga- pickaxe podcast link on denver stiffs but it's these jerseys are sweet and white ice blue black uh gold there's so many different things that they could do with the skyline
2: yeah i agree with you and i know exactly what you're talking about um the one thing i would think about those articles uh and i will link that article in the podcast thanks for signing me up for more work by the way ryan (laughs) 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 but um uh I, the only thing I would have changed with those designs is they kind of had what would be, you know, you'd figure the standard road jersey um, or icon edition, whatever the heck you want to call it. Uh, the branding, by the way, in the NBA, brief sidebar, but the branding in the NBA is getting ridiculous. And I refuse to call it the G League. Um, just wanted to note that real <laughs> fast. But uh, back <laughs> Back to the jersey thing, I would, I would the only thing I would do differently is I wouldn't have the sky blue, a sky blue dominant away jersey, I would make that a navy blue, I think I would keep the sky blue um, as just an accent Oh, that's color. fine, Yeah,
0: that's fine, I totally agree with you, actually. Because, yeah, just exactly, agreed.
2: it's, the, the the sky blue is, is Kiki Vandy, wait, wait, Jeremy, did you say you disagreed?
1: Disagree. I love that sky blue. All right,
2: all right. So you want to stick with it? that's, but it's it, well, you, all right? That's fair because you you came on in the mellow era. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> you
1: know, makes sense. Fine. Explain me away. My opinions <laughs> mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's all. I it shouldn't mean anything. Actually,
2: would you would you go with that same kind of design as what, what we were talking about? That the using kind of kind of like based off the yellow jersey they have now, but giving that a whole different set of color schemes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that Ryan was saying with that fan art, um, even, like, the ice blue is really cool. Um, some of the, like, dark gray or black, um, interesting concepts there. I just – I'd love to keep that sky blue.
0: Some I've, More than an ice sh- color. I've showed those pictures to my friends, and they're drooling. Like, right. they, they just have no idea why the Nuggets didn't do this, like, yesterday. Yeah. Like, that, that would be – there would be so much money spent on those jerseys, man.
2: Exactly. So see, here's my, my my argument back for against the uh, against the the ice blue or the sky blue. Um, they've got that black jersey is one of the designs uh, that they have, and it uh, you know it's got it's got fairly a fairly good amount of the, the sky blue, but uh, you True. don't you don't feel like it. We just look like we're like UCLA when we're playing in those because I mean that's that was what Kiki was going for there. I think was. was
0: <laughs> good old I think a, a lot of the a lot of the fans that came before the Mellow era. Like you and Jeffrey Morton, and right. to to a certain extent, Adam Maris. Uh They, you guys, could definitely argue that. For me, I I came on, and I really loved the navy blue alternate that they had in the oh eight oh yep. nine or or two thousand nine two thousand ten season. I thought that that was really cool. They had the gold lettering with the navy blue jersey. Uh, something similar to that, even like that color scheme, I'd love it. Yeah, you know, That's I- a different team.
1: Entirely, that's a completely different team. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: See, I would because I came in. I came from way like way back in the '90s, was watching the Nuggets. I would, I would actually even take that skyline design, and I wouldn't mind if they just washed it with the navy and the the wine and the gold.
0: See, (laughs) okay, that's that's a little harsh. No
2: burgundy. (laughs) Hey, it's wine, all right. It's it's a merlot. Stop it. (laughs) I hate wine. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, I tell you what—that I can't think of a better way to end the show than um, than that right there with with Ryan's hot take on wine. Uh, <laughs> so we will we will wrap it up. Um, you guys, uh, you guys are always great. Uh, Jeremy, actually, this is always your first time, but you were great.
1: Glad to have you on the show. <laughs> we
2: were we were a little nervous. You never know, first run run through. Um, yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm holding my broken microphone. Uh, my headset. I've got the microphone in one side of the the ear receptor in one hand so i'll try and do a little so improvements around here.
2: <laughs> he's keeping it low they did great man that's what we that's what we always do now jeremy what is your twitter handle
1: um jeremy Poley. j-e-r-e-m-y uh underscore p-o-l-e-y
2: now am i if am i understanding correct you have like what how many followers
1: now Um, like a million, I think, A million. I don't know. I, I pay somebody to keep track of it, but, uh, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I think if I remember, I believe the number was, the number was quite thin. So we're going to, we're going to try and get, everybody should go out and follow Jeremy is what I'm trying to get at. Um, he is our newest member of the Denver stiffs. Um, also if you are not following Ryan Blackburn, he's at Ryan Blackburn nine, um, the nine is not Dang a comment right. on where he ranks amongst Ryan Blackburns because we think he's ha ha. number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> number one in all your hearts. That's
2: right. That is right. And then, of course, I am at Zach Mikosh. Um, Jeremy is going to convince you that you should also follow us at, at Denver Stiffs, at The Denver Stiffs on Instagram. Um, also on Facebook, of course. And then check us out at DenverStiffs.com. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast.
0: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure.
2: More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.